It's only week two. No need to overreact. I'm not going to get into it. It's probably going to be like this from here on out. Or should we? It's time for Tundra Talk on WTMJ Nights. Here's your host, Brian Newton, with Brandon Snide. Oh my goodness, yes. Week two. Didn't end quite like the Packers would have hoped. It looked like it was going to, but then uh, the fourth quarter happened. Brandon Snide has been following along. I, I gave him, I gave him enough time after Sunday to collect himself to be here for Tundra Talk. Uh, Brandon, we don't want to dwell too much on last week, but things were looking good. You know, granted the Packers again, we, we got to say the youngest roster, youngest active roster, but where do you, where did you focus your ire after the fourth quarter on Sunday? Uh, well, good evening, Brian. It's always a good evening, Brandon. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, it's the same old story for me. It's the defense. I mean, it just the things that we have grown accustomed to being upset at and frustrated with continued again on Sunday afternoon where the defense allowed. 16 straight points. Now, the offense didn't do them any favors, obviously. But right. when, you, when you're when you given 24 points as a defense, you're given a 12-point lead and only one quarter to go against a, let's just be honest, a quarterback who's not very good, at least not proven, you got to come out and win. you got to come out and finish that game. And uh, they came out in the fourth quarter. They, they tackled poorly. They covered poorly. I don't know if Jair Alexander had any desire to play in that game on Sunday. Certainly didn't look like it, um, but my—I mean, I, my attention, my—you know—frustration is pointed at the defense again. For a now, team do you, that is, like you said, as young as they are, the defense is not right. They're—they're they're a veteran right. group. They're—they got leaders on that side of the field. There's no excuses anymore. Uh, so that's where the frustration lies for me. So do we lay the blame at Joe Barry's feet? Do we lay the blame at the players' feet? Do we—is uh, it equal opportunity blame? Uh, yeah, that's a. That's a great question. I think it's both. Um, Jair Alexander had an interception that literally hit him in the chest. Yes. Would have been a pick six. I mean, you add, you add four points to uh, the final score, and the Packers win that game. Um, Quay Walker dropped an interception, hit him straight in the hands. So, as players, you have to execute, right? You have an opportunity. Yeah. You have to take a hold of that. You know, I, I can't really, you know, sit here and explain what Joe Barry called, what he didn't call, you know, it looked like the players had every opportunity to come out victorious on that field with a couple of opportunities that they just couldn't grab. And to me, that falls more on the players than it does Joe Barry. I mean, we've, we've seen it in week one. Like, Joe Barry is going to put this defense in a position to where they can play how they're comfortable. Jay Alexander, Rasul Douglas, they went to his office last year and complained, hey, we want to play. We want to follow the number one receiver. We want to follow him wherever he goes, and, and they got their wish. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just at some point, you know, you're getting paid so much money on that defensive side of the football. You know, between uh, the the offense and the defense, the defense outweighs the, the offense by a, by a, a ton. You know, you've got to show out. You know, you got to get off the field. You're talking about 13 more minutes of time of possession that the Falcons controlled the ball. Ten more first downs, and and get this. Brian, 31 more ran plays. Wow. From the yeah, Falcons there was not, to, the, to the Packers. There was not a lot of offense, which, you know, some people are saying, well, the defense, you know, the defense was looking winded because they were out there so long, but that's 
that's part of the game. Jordan Love had had a pretty good game, a one thirteen and a half passer rating. Uh, you know, he was protected pretty well. Where where does that break down as we get toward the end of the game? I mean, I, there was the there was the fourth and short call that was. Uh, I don't I don't know what was going on when they they. <laughs> I'm not sure. It looked like did. it was it going to be a sneak. Was it what's who's calling the plays? But where did where was the offensive breakdown as we got into the fourth quarter? And by we, you know, because I, I was the, you know playing Madden. <laughs> uh, I think it, it lies with the the um, failure to be able to establish the run. You know, the Packers could not establish the run really at all. I think uh, AJ Dillon had just over fifty yards throughout the course of the game. The running lanes weren't there. It doesn't help when you number one don't have David Bakhtiari. To start right. the game, and then in the second quarter, your Pro Bowl left guard, Elton Jenkins, goes down. Now Rasheed Walker uh, and Royce Newman filled in on the left side, and, and Matt LaFleur mentioned it on Monday's press conference that he thought they did a pretty good job. But still, it's not an all-pro, and it's not a pro bowler on that left side. So the offensive line uh, took a little bit of a hit. You know, you weren't able to establish the run. And when you can't run the ball on first down, you're going into obvious passing downs and second and third downs. Um, which the defense obviously knew was coming, and, and they, they had pretty good lock on Jordan Love and the wide receivers. And, again, no Christian Watson. I mean, I can't emphasize enough. We, yeah. You and I have talked about it enough on this show. What he does to a defense and what he can bring to an offense, even if he's not getting the ball, just changes everything about how they run the, the Matt LaFleur scheme. So it's just uh, you got to be able to establish the run. The Packers obviously were not able to do that. And the Falcons knew that and put them into obvious passing downs. And, you know, Jordan Love did, I think, what I wanted Jordan Love to do. And I, after two weeks, Brian, if we, you know, you and I are having this chat uh, two weeks ago, and we're like, hey, after week two, keep in mind, they've been on the road for two straight weeks. Sure. Jordan Love's going to lead the league in passing touchdowns and passer rating. I would ask you, where, you know, where do I put my <laughs> money to put a bet on that? Because that's not going to happen. But right. here we are. I mean, it's not the, the the fault of this Green Bay Packers defense, believe it or not, as young as they are, again, you mentioned it uh, at the top of the hour, isn't their fault that they lost that game. It's the defense. It's the veterans. Right. Not the young guys anymore. All right. Well, we are going to get – let me ask you uh, for an update on some of these injuries, and then we'll take a break, and then we got to uh, New Orleans. The Saints are going to march into Lambeau. We're going we're gonna to break that down a little bit. But where do we stand? I, I know there were – Bakhtiari still didn't practice. What's going on with all the all the top injuries? So there's some good news, some maybe good news, maybe bad news. Uh, Christian Watson returned to practice on Wednesday. That's the good news. He did not practice yep. today. However, that was scheduled to have an off day. So they want to see. They practiced him Wednesday. They ran him on, on Wednesday in team drills. They wanted to rest him on Thursday. My guess, they want to see how his body reacts. On Friday, so Friday will be the big indicator for Christian Watson. So he's at least trending in the right direction. The best news of the day, Brian, was that Aaron Jones, after not practicing for uh, over ten days, returned nice. in limited fashion. That's okay because he is returning and trending in the right direction. So Aaron Jones was a practice participant today. Christian really? Watson did not practice, but that was planned. However, on the bad side of things, no Elton Jenkins. We anticipate. He's probably going to miss some time with that knee injury. Uh, they labeled it as a sprained MCL. He was supposed to have an MRI this week, but I don't know if they ever really gave a timetable on his return. They have not put him on IR, which 
Okay. Could be good news. Uh, so Elton yeah. Jenkins did not practice, and no David Bakhtiari. But I don't. I I would be shocked to see number sixty nine practice the course of the season, even if he's healthy. I think it's just going to be how it is with David Bakhtiari. He was extremely emotional at his locker room, uh, at his locker. I'm sorry, in the locker room, talking about that injury and how frustrating it was for him not to be able to go in week two. So it's a guy that's again battling. You know, an injury, and, I mean, he did not practice at all this week. I don't anticipate him practicing. You know, he said at his locker that if he's good to go, he will be there on Sunday. And you got to imagine with the, with the Lions on Thursday night, it's probably going to be either Bakhtiari plays Sunday or he doesn't play until Thursday. I, I, chances of him playing Sunday and then right away on Thursday, very, very low. Yeah, that's... All right, Brandon Snart is here. This is Tundra Talk. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back. Uh, you were talking about the Packers' run game not uh, not being in full force. That may prove a problem with the Saints. We'll talk about that and so much more. It's Tundra Talk. God, WTMJ Nights. Now more of WTMJ Nights. Oh, when the Saints go marching in. Oh, when the Saints Tundra Talk on WTMJ Nights. I'm Brian Noon, and Brandon Snide joins me every Thursday night. We uh, already looked back at last week's disappointing outcome in Atlanta. Well, the New Orleans Saints are coming to Lambeau for the home opener on Sunday. And, um, Brandon, you were talking about the Packers having trouble with the running game. New Orleans defense has not let a team have more than 20 points in the last 10 games. They have top-tier defenders pretty much from the line all the way back. What are the Packers going to have to change or update or do to make an impact on this uh, New Orleans defense? Yeah, I think when you look at the Saints defense, I mean, they're, they're like, like the Packers, Brian, they're very experienced on that side of the football. They really don't give up a whole lot of plays, uh, big plays, I'm sorry. You know, Dennis Allen group, they're going to be stingy, right? They're going to play sticky coverage. Um, Adding a guy like Christian Watson and Aaron Jones, if you can add both, terrific. Uh, but I think if you're looking at both of you know, one of the two, Aaron Jones is the key piece for the Packers against that defense because of what Aaron Jones can do out of that backfield. Nobody, and, and this is no offense to A.J. Dillon. I love A.J. Dillon. No defense fears A.J. Dillon. He's not a home run hitter. You know, they're, A.J. Dillon is in the backfield. They're not going to play you know, a seven, eight man front and their defensive fronts already really good. Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis in the middle of that defense, again, veteran leadership. Um, but Aaron Jones is a home run hitter. He's a guy where the defense has to account for no matter where he is on the football field. So in order for the Green Bay Packers to have a little bit of success against the Saints defense, you've got to have one of your two home run hitters in there. If you can get both great, um, but it's going to be like a, a strength on strength game. The Packers offense, Five touchdowns in the red zone on six trips. The Saints defense, on the other hand, only has allowed one touchdown on six trips. So it's right. like strength on strength uh, for the matchup. You know, it's going to be interesting to see who prevails. Um, you hope the Green Bay Packers obviously had more success than they did uh, on third down in Atlanta. They just could not get a third down in that fourth quarter when they needed one. And I think that's the big thing with. Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love. And I and sometimes during that game on Sunday I was yelling to myself because nobody else listens to me. Uh, <laughs> saying just make it just make it simple for Jordan. He doesn't need these complex rough. Do what you go back to what you were doing in the preseason. It was obviously it worked. 
It worked in week one. So um, simplify the playbook a little bit for Jordan Love. Get that ball out of his hand because if you don't have Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins, which chances are you, you won't, Saints are coming. I mean, that front seven is the real deal. So they're going to have to uh, to get that, that ball moving, get, get, out of the, uh, get that ball out of Jordan Love's hands really quick. Well, to your point on that, that, that's perfect sense because their run defense, the Saints' run defense, 102 yards they're holding opponents to. You know, that's so you're going to have to, you're going to have to throw. So you're going to have to give Jordan Love those targets downfield to at least uh, go because they're, the Saints haven't even given up a rushing touchdown yet. So, no, they have good. not. And, and I don't, and I, and if Aaron Jones don't play, I don't, I don't think they're going to give up another one right. in, through week three yeah. either. All right, so what what is the um, what's the Packers defense going to have to do against Derek Carr? You know their offense their offense is doing okay. They're you know they're passable, nothing nothing great. But uh, are there are there holes on that uh, that side of the ball for the Saints that the Packers can exploit? Oh, there's there's yeah, there's holes, Brian. I, first off, they don't have Alvin Kamara, right? So their uh, their running game is just as suspect as the Green Bay Packers on offense if Aaron Jones does not play. Um, so if you can control their running game, which I think the Green Bay Packers at this point with the people that they have on their side of the ball should be able to do, then you can pin your ears back as a defensive front and play into what the strength is of the Green Bay Packers, and that's your pass rush. You know, I don't think Derek Carr had a tough time on Monday night against Carolina, you know, getting anything. He had a big play downfield. That's what – got them moving in towards the red zone. But other than that, um, they had their way up front with the, with the New Orleans Saints uh, offensive line. So if Green Bay, and again, this kind of plays into what the offense needs to do. If Green Bay can get ahead in this game, if they can go down, maybe have an opening drive score, maybe get a stop, throw up a field goal, get in that 10 to 14 point range where New Orleans has got to be like, okay, well, we got to throw the ball. Well, you got Jair Alexander who can, in my opinion, lock down Michael Thomas. You got Rasul Douglas on the other side, and then your strength of your defense is rushing the passer. Yeah, Get what are we five sacks so out. far in the first two games? Is that right? Right. Yeah, and uh, um, Gary leads. Uh, Rashawn Gary leads the NFL in pressure rates. I mean, and he hasn't played a whole lot, so it's kind of an incredible, really. But their line, their this defense is built to rush the passer. But in order to rush the passer, you got to take away the run game. In order to take away the run game. You got to score on offense, so it's it, it all plays into one another. Um, but I, I'm looking for that offense in Green Bay to get off to a fast start. I'll be there uh, in person watching that game, so I, I anticipate Green Bay is going to get out to a fast start, and then that's going to put the Packers defense and take a little bit of pressure off that defense where it's not, you know, such a tight game where they got to stop, you know, the running on on third and three, and they give up four yards, and the drives keep going. That just Never seemed to end on Sunday against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, bringing back Sunday, um, we've talked about the age. Some of the rookies really stood out. Is there anybody you're looking to uh, on this uh, on Sunday at home finally to really jump out and for the fans to go, oh man, this is what all the hype is about on this player? Luke Musgrave. Okay. Luke Musgrave, the tight end, the rookie tight end for the Green Bay Packers, six six super fast. He has not been targeted as much as I thought that he would. Now him and Jordan, their timing seems a little like a tick off, just a, just a little bit. Um, he had a, he made a couple of catches in that, in that week one against the bears where he was 
falling over his feet. And he had a couple of catches uh, against Atlanta. I think he had four targets against Atlanta. I want to see his targets increase, and I okay. think they will uh, over time. He's, again, a rookie. You know, he's going to have his moments. Um, but he's a guy where if you can integrate him into this offense, and eventually when you get guys like Christian Watson and Aaron Jones back healthy, Luke Musgrave, to me, becomes that X factor on offense because there's not many safeties or linebackers that are running four fives uh, with a tight end who's six six, And he moves like a receiver. I mean, if you if you watch him run, you wouldn't know he's a tight end. You know, he's smooth as butter, except the Bears game when he fell over his own feet when he had a wide-open touchdown. But, well, that, you know. Uh, I mean, it was it go, Brandon, he had to come fall on. down. <laughs> but uh, I think I – think, I think it's Luke Musgrave uh, in the middle of the field, and, and no team has targeted the middle of the field more than the Green Bay Packers. All right. Uh, this was our text question tonight. I want to know where you stand on this. Adults wearing jerseys, yay or nay, from Brandon Snide? I do not. The only jerseys I wear are if they're retired or they have passed away. So I have a Bart Starr and I have a Reggie White. But yes. I see nothing wrong. I see nothing wrong with adults wearing jerseys. All right, good. That's that we are in that's, agreement. That's your team. If I'm rooting for Jordan Love, like physically, you know, out there yelling, screaming at my house, wherever. Why? What is the jersey on the back? You know, his name on the back of my jersey. What does it matter? I, I'm cheering for him. <laughs> I love it. I and I'm with you. I like the the retired or passed away. You know, the 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 old timer jerseys. That's great. All right, we got to ask you the, the prediction to close out Tundra Talk for this week. So I'm one and one right now. I picked the Bears, right? I picked the Falcons, right? So I'm, I'm thinking, Brian, you know, you win one, you lose one, you get back to winning one. So we're going to have a winner uh, this week. And, I, you know, you know, I'm going to pick the Packers again. Eventually, I probably won't pick the Packers, but I'm going to take the Packers. I think it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest. It's going to be a little uh, choppy here and there. It's two offenses that are trying to figure their way out and two defenses that should be, well, the Saints are good. The Packers should be good. Um, but I'm going to go Green Bay. 23, New Orleans 17. be a little bit of a, a lower-scoring game, but right. uh, in the second half, Jordan Love's going to find Luke Musgrave for a touchdown and get the Packers rolling into the right direction. All right. Well, from, uh, from your mouth to the Packers' ears, Brandon, always good to talk to you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks. Uh, th- oh, wait. No, is next week Detroit? We have a Thursday night game, yeah. We'll, we Thursday have night game, Thursday all right. We'll have to. So maybe we'll have to whatever you whatever you need Wednesday. me to do, you let me know. Yeah, I that will. Works. Well, we will talk again soon. I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you, Brandon Snide. You can hear him in the morning. You can hear him all over. Read his extra points on WTMJ.com, and of course, listen to him here on Tundra Talk on WTMJ Nights.